This is an AMI podcast. Hello there, I'm Stephen Scott, blind tech user and host of Double Tap Canada on AMI Audio. Think you know everything there is to know about assistive tech? <laughs> I thought I did, but every day I'm learning something new on our show. We do in-depth features on new accessible technology apps and gadgets, all in one convenient podcast package. Isn't technology wonderful? Give us a try. Find Double Tap Canada on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. We know the pandemic has exposed gaps in the system. People with disabilities have been especially hard hit. Be it in the classroom or long-term care homes, the disability community has been arguing for expanded supports and greater public recognition of the unique challenges faced by people with disabilities. To that end, journalists have had an important role to play. Journalists typically inform the public, but also hold decision makers accountable. Journalists shine a light into often overlooked dark corners. For people with disabilities, forward-thinking journalism can move us to make a difference. It can be life-saving. In a nutshell, the stories we tell about the pandemic matter. Today, we discuss journalism by and for people with disabilities. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Joyita Gupta and I'm the host of the program. It is really wonderful to be with you again. And I wanted to remind you, as I do every day off the top of the program, that if you missed any of AMI-audio's latest coverage on COVID-19, you can find it all in one place, ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. So if you heard something on Now with Dave Brown or Kelly and Company or even right here on The Pulse and you wanted to go back and have a listen to it because you were concerned or curious about the latest developments around COVID-19, you'd be able to find it all in one place, ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. My guest today is someone that I've actually been really keen to speak to for quite a long time. I am so pleased to welcome journalist Kathy Brown, who is also an associate producer with CBC. Kathy is a well-known, long-time advocate for people with disabilities, and she also happens to be a legally blind photographer. She joins us now from Vancouver. Kathy, welcome. It's so great to have you on the program. Wonderful to be here. Kathy, your segments with CBC called Access Denied just won an award from Inclusion BC. Congratulations. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm in shock still. <laughs> it's a wonderful it's a wonderful tribute. It's a wonderful tribute to not only to me, but to the early edition, which is the morning radio show that uh, I helped produce. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Access Denied. It's something that people in Vancouver have likely heard, but for the rest of us, we might be hearing about it for the first time. So what were you trying to accomplish with the series? Well, I I started out in a in a at CBC in a program that was designed to offer a work experience for people with disabilities, and uh, I entered that program, a uh, 12-week program, last September, and um, to my astonishment, they kept me. And <laughs> uh, one of the things that I wanted to do 
was uh, produce a specific series of, of segments on inaccessibility. And it wasn't in the sort of built terms. It was, it was in terms of systemic, attitudinal, and societal, you know, barriers to, to people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, as a producer, I was producing all kinds of different things. I made it very clear when I first started that I wasn't going to be the disability person. Mm-hmm. I wanted to produce segments about everything, and I have. But this, I thought, was it was time, and with COVID, and, you know, all the, all the added uh, obstacles that were presented to people with disabilities because of it, uh, I thought it was a good time to do it. And, and uh, the first segment, which was aired um, in May, uh, was concerning uh, a young woman by the name of Aries Knight, who uh, had cerebral palsy and was nonverbal. Uh, she and her caregiver uh, went to emergency because she was exhibiting signs that could have been COVID. They were they were not, but she was not allowed to have her caregiver in with her because of COVID restrictions, and she died about three days later alone mm-hmm. in hospital. Um, and you know, the, so the first segment was a challenge to uh, mm-hmm. Adrian Dix, our Minister of Health, to change the policies about caregivers in hospitals with people with disabilities who needed them. So that was the first one, and it's kind of spun off from there. And is this an ongoing effort that you're involved with? I mean, your most recent segments dealt with kids with disabilities going back to school. So do you hope that you'll just keep building on some of your initial work? That's the intent. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, we're looking at doing a segment a month. I'm hoping to even increase that. And we're also exploring different ways of expanding this, maybe a podcast, maybe, you know, reaching out to some other CBC shows that may have, may dovetail with what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. um, I'm full of ideas. I'm not done yet. <laughs> Um, Pull back the curtain for us a little bit, because most of us flip on the radio and we don't understand when we listen to a show, any show, how much work goes into producing a single segment. So when you started on this journey to produce the Access Denied segments, what was your research process like? Did people come to you or did you have to go and ferret out the stories? Well, when I did the first segment, uh, that was something I started. Uh, mm-hmm. because of, uh, of the press coverage surrounding that, because it was so mm-hmm. sad and so unnecessary. So that was the first, but as soon as that segment aired, my email started to fill up, my phone started to ring, and I had all kinds of people out from the community saying, you have to cover this. Mm-hmm. And that's how I started to then uh, focus on how covid hasn't only, you know, created more obstacles for families with kids with special needs, but it's also shone a light on issues that have been there for years. Mm-hmm. This isn't, COVID wasn't the cause. COVID just opened the Pandora's box. And it was, um, it, it, it really has been amazing to see how, how the community of especially parents who are the most amazing advocates and most of them monk mothers, Mm-hmm. Uh, have come forward and say, this is my story. 
mm-hmm. and it's just been it's just been incredible. So I've kind of been trying to do a progression of you know first it was kids with special needs, young kids with special needs and and the and the burdens it places on parents to the to the point where they even consider giving up their child to the province. And then from there it was a challenge to the minister of uh, children and family development and then it was uh, the um, the uh, representative for children and youth, and then it was another mother who came on and said, "I did g- give my kid up." Mm-hmm. So there was a progression there, and then I went to kids aging out of the system, and then then it was the back to school. And I'm looking at various other. Um, you know, issues that seem to sort of naturally evolve from this. I'm very interested in in doing something on um, parents of older disabled kids who are Mm -hmm. getting frail themselves and cannot, you know, are finding it hard to care for their kids. So it's a progression, and I know there's so many other areas aside from education, aside from, you know, government assistance. There's Issues of issues of finances, issues of, you know, the legal system, you know, all kinds mm-hmm. of different areas where I can delve into and I intend to do that. Well, Kathy, it sounds like you're running a marathon, but one of the pieces <laughs> that you touched on, one of the things that you touched on a few minutes ago is the accountability piece. So bringing ministers on, talking to them mm-hmm. about some of the experiences of people within the community, were the ministers, the decision makers surprised, shocked, worried? What was the reaction you were getting? I wouldn't say there was any kind of element of surprise or shock. I think they're well aware that the systems are either outdated or insufficient or broken in some way, shape, or form because they've been hearing this from uh, advocates and parents and other organizations for quite some time. Um, the, I think the interesting thing, and I've had three ministers on, uh, I haven't had the education minister on yet, but the, I've had three ministers on, and all of them have acknowledged that things need to be fixed, which mm-hmm. for a lot of these advocates was something they had not heard before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, these aren't huge documentary half-hour segments. These are roughly eight minutes or so. And, you know, but it's amazing how much these voices have been amplified in those little segments that that had never happened before. And Mm -hmm. every time one of these is aired, uh, I get notes and our and our program gets notes about parents who are saying we never hear ourselves anywhere. Mm -hmm. This is unbelievable that we are hearing ourselves. So, you know, um, and it's developed in quite a little community that, that's actually been very supportive and encouraging to me. I have a whole bunch of, of new people I never knew were out there who, who are just, you know, very encouraging and, and very enthusiastic about the work I'm doing. Kathy, in thinking about the work that you're doing, there's obviously a mm-hmm. social change component to it. So if you were to reflect on Access Denied, is it a fact-finding set of interviews and segments, or is it almost an advocacy piece? Where would you classify the work? I wouldn't classify it as advocacy because, mm. I mean, you know, I am, I am 
allowing people to speak. Uh, so it's not me advocating. It's me providing the, the opportunity for people to amplify their voices and mm-hmm. to, you know, to send their own messages. I really, I mean, I always joke and say, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a genius or anything. I just edit really well. <laughs> and, you know, because, I mean, I'm talking to, you know, I'm having conversations with people that may last, you know, an hour or more, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I whittle, you know, their messaging and, and, and their stories down to, you know, 40, 40 seconds, 50 seconds, minute, you know, mm-hmm. so... To me, I'm facilitating more than anything. Uh, you know, I'm not advocating myself. I'm I'm allowing uh, the opportunity for other people to advocate. And then, as journalists, as reporters, we're always looking for accountability. And so, if there are issues that need to be addressed, that's when we get. That's when we invite you know the the appropriate people on, and say you know how do you how do you respond to this. I'm Joyta Gupta, and with me is CBC associate producer, Kathy Brown, who joins us from Vancouver. Kathy, tell us about how you got your start at the CBC. You mentioned it briefly in our conversation before, but can you expand on not just how you made it to the CBC, but what prompted you to take that step? Well, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually 66, and I have been a CBC radio listener probably for 50 years or more. And always loved it. And always thought, oh, my God, it would be great to work there. Mm-hmm. But I always was intimidated by, you know, looking at the job boards and looking at titles and thinking, oh, I couldn't do that. You know, and, and never, never actually applied for anything in all those years. I've been in PR and communications for quite some time. And uh, I accidentally really quite accidentally one day I was on Facebook and saw a CBC post pop up about a program called CAPE which uh, provides a work experience for people with disabilities so I thought oh my god so I shared it right away to and, and said if anyone out there wants to apply do it now mm-hmm. and I literally sat down wrote an email and sent it out and uh, waited in agony for about a month and a half <laughs> and and thought oh no they don't want me they don't want me I'm too old they don't want me and then I got the opportunity to have a face-to-face interview with uh, four senior people in the Vancouver office mm-hmm. and within I don't know three days maybe I got the opportunity so I was one of nine people across the country the only one in Vancouver Mm-hmm. And um, it was, as I said, supposed to be a 12-week program. And about, and I was supposed to be, a, a, what they were calling me was a researcher. Mm-hmm. So, because I think, you know, this was, this, this is a fairly new program. It was only in its second year when I applied. Mm-hmm. And so I think they, they didn't quite know what to do with me. So they called <laughs> me a researcher and... Um, I kind of did research for maybe about two days and then and then was like plunged right into the whatever everyone else was doing, which was the production. Mm-hmm. And um, about halfway through the 12 weeks, they called me in. I thought, oh, God, what, what have I done? And <laughs> uh, they said, they said, hey, you know what? 
we kind of like you, we're going to keep you. So uh, I've been on contract uh, basically since then. I will become what they call a casual as of October 1st, which means you work when needed and work with all kinds of different departments. And there's the opportunity and the commitment uh, for them to continue access denied. So uh, I am going to still be quite a presence around there and um, looking forward to it. But it was, you know, it's been a year that I never imagined I would I would experience on all kinds of levels with COVID and everything else. But, but mm-hmm. it's been magical. It's, you know, I'm in at a time when people are sort of saying, I guess I should retire. I found my dream job. And uh, it's been the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. And, and to be quite honest, it's one of the first jobs I've ever had where I've been given kind of free reign and absolute support to do what, what I think is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and full support for my abilities and and confidence and everything else it, it has been an amazing bunch of people I've been working with I'm so so thankful for everything that's happened this year it's such an incredible story, Kathy, because a lot of us, you know, we hit these milestones in our life and we think, oh, you know, I'm 30, my life is over. Oh, I'm 40, <laughs> my life is over. And here you are, you know, you turn 66 and you land your dream job. I think that alone is an incredible story. I first heard about you, um, I want to say, four and a half years ago, and I got it in the back of my mind that I have to sit down and talk to Kathy Brown, four and a half years ago. And this was because um, I had heard from a mutual acquaintance that you are a legally blind photographer now full disclosure i'm legally blind my photographs turn out like crap so what i really (laughs) wanted to know was what i really wanted to know was how do you do it and what inspired you to get into photography well you know i mean i i always had these little point and shoots you know i mean even as far as you know growing up in the middle ages when you had these little cameras with the square flash tubes on them (laughs) You know, and, and, you know, you'd march your film over to the drugstore and everything. But digital kind of opened the doors for everything. I mean, I have I have 10% in one eye. I don't see out of the other one. But I have very good color. Mm-hmm. And and so I can I can kind of frame things in the camera to, you know, for, for what I like. And I use a lot of long lenses so I can focus in close. Um, I just enjoy it. And, and it's. I think the the serious side of the photography sprang from a trip I I took to Japan and Taiwan and I swore that I wouldn't just do the typical tourist uh, photos and I would do photos that actually told the story and I still try mm-hmm. to do that to this day and um, I just I love it. it it it's a creative outlet that I never thought I had I never would have thought of myself as creative. You know, I can't draw to save my life. You know, I can't sew. I don't do any sports. You know, I mean, I just figured I just didn't have any, you know, any kind of talent that way. But I do love the photography. I want to pick up on the point about storytelling, because there's obviously a story that you're telling through your photographs um, and a story that you went on to tell through Access Denied. You make this big transition to doing audio journalism. 
Is that where the similarities ended, just the storytelling aspect, or were there things that were surprisingly, uh, were there surprising commonalities between the two mediums, the photographs and journalism over the radio? And in what ways, aside from the obvious, might it have been a different experience? Well, I think the storytelling is really the thread that ties the two together. Mm. And, and I like both. Also producing written articles for our website based on the, the uh, audio interviews. And I've mm-hmm. also contributed some photographs to some web stories as well at CBC. So it all kind of dovetails. But, um, for example, uh, you know, and it's not an Access Denied segment per se, but I just produced a, a very moving uh, segment uh, on Friday, actually, uh, with a woman who uh, chose uh, to uh, die through medically assistance and dying, called MAID. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful interview that our host, Stephen Quinn, did. And then I wrote the article following that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it got quite an outpouring of interest and and a lot of a lot of very moving comments came from that so i think what we do and what cbc has been doing a lot more is is really integrating the audio the video the photographs the the digital stories into a cohesive kind of thing and and it really does play to to my interests and to my strengths, as surprisingly enough that I didn't even know I had. So uh, it, 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 it works out very well. I want to ask you also about some of the content that you've been dealing with being so heavy, uh, medically assisted, uh, you know, uh, right to die. Uh, you've got all of the access to nice segments. How do you take care of yourself? Oh, and and, and and on top of all that, too, I've been writing a lot of the memorial a po- uh, segment for people who wanted to remember their family members who died of COVID. Mm, that's so hard. I, it was, it's been an intense couple of months. It really has. And, and like I said in one of my Facebook posts, I said, I've, you know, been on the phone with people and we're both crying, you know, as, as we're, we're doing these things because it, it is quite emotional. But I also, at the same time, feel that, you know, I'm almost, it's not providing a service, but it's giving people the opportunity to express themselves. And I think whether it's an access denied segment, whether it's anything, still giving a voice to someone mm-hmm. who had, didn't have the opportunity to have it. And, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to that. In the few minutes that we have left, I want to cycle back to this theme of grabbing an opportunity and really seeking out your goals and trying to make those things happen. So many people with disabilities feel despair because of the systemic barriers. What advice would you give them, Kathy? You've had this remarkable journey yourself, and you've also been a longtime advocate. So for those of us who are in a, a difficult place, be it because of COVID or just because of life in general, what advice would you leave us with? Oh, my. You know, we're all so different, and we all have so many different sets of circumstances. But I would I would say, and, and I have to say that the older you get, I think the, the less you fear. Mm. And, and so I think, I think I just said, what the heck? I got nothing to lose. Let's do this. Um, but I think try to build a network, whether even if it's online or whatever, and most of us are doing that anyway, 
uh, lean on people, ask advice, you know, talk, you know, just, just make sure that there are people out there who know what you want and, and know who you are and can can be there for you if you need it. Because I think one of the things that I fear the most for, for people right now is isolation. And I, you know, I would encourage people to reach out and to, you know, dream a little bigger than you ever thought you could, because sometimes it pays off. (laughs) Kathy Brown, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. Thank you so much. And congratulations again. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. That was journalist Kathy Brown, who joined us from Vancouver. She is the architect of the Access Denied series, which you can find online along with the rest of Kathy's work. We'll make sure to put a link to the Access Denied columns so that you can check them out on your own time. If you missed any of my conversation with Kathy, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. I loved what Kathy just had to say about growing older and feeling less fear. Um, I'm a little bit younger than Kathy, but I have to agree with the general sentiment The older I've gotten, the less I've cared about what people have thought about me. But I have taken steps to realize my own dreams. And sometimes it's meant asking some tough questions about where you are in your life and what you would like to see yourself accomplish. It isn't just about your disabilities and the ways in which your disabilities may hold you back because of systemic barriers. I think a lot of it has to do with your abilities and your desire to make a difference. So I hope that all of you today take some time to dream a little dream, as they say. And I'd really like to thank Kathy Brown for being on the program today. The technical producer for The Pulse is Nisreen Abdul-Majid. Andy Frank is a manager for ami and Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Reach out to us on Twitter at AMI Audio and use the hashtag PulseAMI. You can also find me on Twitter at Juwitha Gupta and let me know some of the dreams that you're dreaming. Until we speak again, have a wonderful rest of your day and stay safe and be well. You've been listening to The Pulse on AMI Audio. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.